0: Ha
1: I am Nick, and this is episode number 192. Now, as you can tell, Dan is not here. He is en route to a fun fly of the flying type, where they have fun, and they fly, and they do things, where they fly. With helicopters. (laughs)
0: That
1: fly. Yeah, so it's just us clowns here this week. We're just going to have a little bit of fun. Dan is off to the what's it called Silver Hills? Is
0: that right? Silver, yeah, Silver yeah, Hills, so. Silver Wood, something silver. Fun flight. It's fly. in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yep. Put on by Dieter. Go Dieter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dieter, nice
1: Dieter, job, Dieter. dude. Yeah, I, we uh, we could not make it. Unfortunately, I'm a little down for the count at the moment, and I know schedules just kind of got in the way. But we're pumped that Dan could could make it over there. It's not that far from.
2: Well, and if it's anything like the weather that's projected here for the weekend, they're going to have a great weekend for flying.
1: Yes. Oh. So, yes. Oh, the weather. <gasps> oh, summer is we're we're deep into summer now. Oh yeah. It's been here. Yeah. This has been probably the best year, I think, ever. Maybe even in the history of years. It's-
0: I think you're probably at least since I've lived in Seattle it's and the best
2: year. Given that it's still only June. For sure. Yes. And it's hot as hell.
0: It's perfect. Lovely. Well, you're not going to be saying that tomorrow, dude, when it's like 96.
1: Still perfect.
0: Really? Yeah. Jesse? 80. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Justin wants it that's like That's really six. comfortable,
2: you know, you can still go outside oh, and actually I'm down do with stuff. Eight.
0: I'm down with 80, but when you get into the 90s, it's one of those things where you have to rely
2: on there being wind. And water. You have to, like, go right. to find a pool or something. Too friggin' hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, what did uh, what'd this week
2: bring for you? This last week, well, it was, you know, it wasn't the uh, most exciting week, but I don't have to take a no-fly. no fly So, I'm really pumped about that. So, even though last weekend got super busy on Saturday, had a wedding I had to go to, and then Sunday being Father's Day, um, didn't get the opportunity to get much flying in last weekend, Um, and then during the week, there was something that I forgot to bring up last week, which you guys may have saw the pictures on Facebook, I finally put all the finishing touches on my heli workbench out in the garage. Nice, dude. Um, And so, it turned out just awesome. Super, um, super cheap. I wasn't that much money into it. Kind of scrounged some pieces together. So I was really surprised how well it came together. Um, kind of like I mentioned, it was a solid core, like a two inch thick six foot eight by three foot door that I used for the tabletop. So virtually indestructible. And then some four by four legs and screwed it all together, put in a little bottom shelf so I can throw the generator, charging case, um, field box, you know, cases of nitro, all that type of stuff can fit right underneath. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. The thing, one thing that I'm really excited about is I can set a helicopter all the way right on the edge of the bench and I can turn the blades all the way around on a 700. <laughs> it's, a, nice. it's the little yeah, things. Exactly. Well, the, man, when you're doing setup and stuff, checking the blade pitch and zero degrees, it's just nice to be able to turn the blades all the way around and, uh, not hit the wall. I do have to admit though, I'm a little bit torn. Um, I'd actually like to hear what you guys do. So now that I have this workbench out in the garage, I'm just not quite sure if, since I do have that lower shelf, it's a perfect place for me to put, I kind of use those Rubbermaid drawer type storage bins or where yep. they have three or, you know, three drawers, plastic, mm-hmm. and I keep all my heli tools and kind of my bench stuff in there. And then I have my field box that has all my Allen drivers, pliers, um, Loctite, just all that kind of stuff in there. So what I've been doing right now is just propping up the field box on the bottom shelf on the bench and using that to work. What I'm considering is doing, you know, kind of like a pegboard backing on the bench and then getting basically another set of tools that would just stay in the garage on the heli bench. That way, who knows? It's, I I don't ever foresee a situation where the field box isn't there, but I guess it would just be more convenient, if anything, to keep everything separate. Um, and that way, when you know, go into a fun flight and actually accidentally leave something on your bench in the garage or whatnot. Do you guys have like multiple sets of everything that you try to keep set, you know, separated? So basically what you bring out to the field is just to bring out to the field.
1: Yeah, I have a field yep. trailer oh that
2: doesn't count well you're a <laughs> exception
0: everything is the same so set what i, what I, it I meant to behind say, you what i meant to yeah. say was
2: justin what do you do <laughs> there you go yeah.
0: yeah i actually so i i haven't always done this jesse but lately i'd say mostly in the last year i've been gravitating more towards having separate items and i think it really kicked it over the edge when i got the scorpion tools mm-hmm. because you know we've talked about before i've i've sort of gone through a whole bunch of crappier or lesser drivers. And so once I got the Scorpion tools, I can kind of keep the crappy drivers uh on my pegboard at home in yep. the garage in my workshop. And then I just have a small little right now it's basically one of those plastic parts bins. You know, it's like mm-hmm. 12 inches long by six inches wide, couple inches tall. Yep. And I have one and I've got it labeled as tools. And when I'm ready to go out to the field, I toss the scorpion drivers in there um, and, you know, a couple of pliers, uh, some tape, some
2: lube, and I'm ready to go. So you you do still pack it up, though. It's not just always sitting there with all that no, stuff in it, it.
0: It's all sitting there with its stuff in it. It's just that if I'm if I'm wrenching on something and I feel like I need something in that box, then I'll mm-hmm. just pop it open and grab gotcha. it. Gotcha. But no, I don't take it out and put it back in every time.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, and that's kind of what I foresee as well. I, I'm sure I'll slowly start accumulating. Just I, I already have doubles of a lot of things, so it, it's not a huge jump to get a yeah. full, you know, another set of tools. But it would just be nice to have everything I need right there in the garage, and then not have to worry about relying on the field box or anything. So, yeah, we'll see. Not not in a huge huge rush now that I got the workbench and a place to work on helis, and I don't have to clean everything up all the time. It's you know, ah, oh, got tired. Just but then head to bed see, you leave it
1: you create more problems because is it a Heli workbench or is it a no. homeowner workbench
0: no it's a Heli workbench it's,
2: then where's your homeowner so workbench? I, I do have you don't need one let's see I have two tables out in the garage one of them's not nearly as big or nice as the workbench I just built but half of it's covered with the 3d printer so
0: yeah you just bought I got a new
2: home dude right now right now it's it's technically both Almost seven feet long. It's uh it's it's working as both right now. So and typically I try to get to a good stopping point to where I can actually either pick up the parts or put the heli back together to the point where I can hang it back up on the um, hanger that I built mm-hmm. and kind of get the bench at least where I can use a little corner of it for something else. So And so it begins. What yeah, about that other bed?
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about that other bedroom in their house? Yeah, that would be a good idea. Why don't no, you? No, yeah, but no. Then, hold on, just so, you got a desk in there, right? I have a desk in here. Yeah. Okay. So you got your desk in there. Why can't you do uh, just a regular table on the on the other side of the yeah, room and to work a,
2: on what though is a is a problem because I don't want to pack my heli stuff all the way through the house every single time. I want to yeah, work on helis, fair. and let's say I keep it in this room, then I don't want to pack everything out. All the way through the garage to load it in my truck to go.
1: That's fair. I mean, so, I was there for the record. I was. Oh there. yeah,
2: and you had stairs and the whole works. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, stairs and like three doors and and it, like nineteen twenty corner. stairs. Yeah, tight corners, <laughs> broken tail fins and busted tail blades. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. No, so no, th- that fair. would
2: kind of be a little bit of a turnoff to that option, just because packing everything through the house is until get winter really rolls old. around, and then you're going to be like. Well, I'm coming in. <laughs> well, I'm already in like on cloud nine just because coming from my apartment or, you know, that I had at school, right now my truck is literally like eight feet away from my workbench because I just back it right up to the garage door and that's where there it's parked. Yep. So coming from what I used to do at school, packing it, I don't know, 150 feet, 200 feet from my apartment all the way out to the parking lot, loading in my truck. So you do that. Three, four trips, and now it's like 10 feet. Yep, so, I'm the same way. I back it up to the
0: garage door, pop back open, walk 10 feet, and I've got everything loaded. Yep. So, we'll see. It,
1: Jesse's got room for a trailer,
2: though.
0: I Do you, you? Do you have like a side yard or something where you could dump it if you didn't want to carry it around with no, you on that, the back well, of the I truck? Could,
2: I could barely sneak one in. So like it, on the side of my garage door, it wouldn't go on the side yard, but from the edge of the garage or the edge of the house to where I guess our property line would be is about 10 feet, 11 feet. And so if I got clever, I could just kind of back it up and tuck it right in there.
0: Yeah. See, I could store mine in one side of the garage because we don't use the garage for cars, but I just think that that would be claustrophobic and a think big pain I think that kind of defeats the, the purpose too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I would want to get all that stuff out of my garage, and then you could keep it all separate. But we'll see. I'm I'm definitely kicking around the idea of the heli trailer. Every single time I go fly with Nick, I'm just like, "Dang it! I need to build a freaking heli trailer." What <laughs> am I, what am I doing? Like, why am I even questioning this anymore? Why, where's it's, my life going? <laughs> yeah. Why? I feel when like I'm this, headed in the wrong direction. When did this become like an option? There is no option. You have to build a heli trailer. It's so much more convenient. Um, so I still think that's the general direction I'm heading, but at least for now, it'll be nice to have a, a solid workbench and place to work on helis in the garage until baby that, steps. until that point comes baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. What's the rush? Yeah. So now, now
1: you're old balls. Now you're, you're married and a homeowner. And so you've got nothing but time,
2: nothing but time. Just go to work and do my thing. Yeah. Not much is changing now for a while, I have a feeling. Which is good. Just kind of set the cruise control for a little bit. I'm still looking forward to when I get to finally set the cruise control. <laughs> but <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah. You know. Retirement. So that brings me up to today. I did get stuck working today being Friday. But it was only a half day, so not too bad. Got out of work at about 1130. Um, jetted home real quick and loaded up all the heli stuff. Threw a few batteries on the charger and away I went to the field. So met Nick out there, um slacking. He wasn't at work. So
1: Dude. What
2: is look this? you look fine to me? Just saying. That's horrible. He did he out he's he had another vision problem, huh? What was weird is he's limping. I'm like, dude, nice try, but <laughs> wrong body part.
1: <laughs> wrong body
2: part. <laughs> limping. <laughs> No, so the the weather was absolutely gorgeous today. Probably, I don't know, what was it like 85 out there probably? It was warm. Um, little bit of a wind blowing the exact wrong direction straight into your face, which for me, any wind towards the face is just, I mean, it could be one or two miles an hour and you're still like, it, I don't, it just bugs me. I'd much rather have.
0: You guys do not catch a break on the wind in the face, do you? Like is that Not. what it is at the public works field
2: too? Yeah, so that's where we were at. Was public works. Um I'd say it's kind of fifty fifty there. What? For the the wind. In the face? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's always in your face there. No, no, I've no. had it from the back.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's always at your back in the summer. And it's always at your face in the winter.
2: Well, we're in the summer.
1: Yeah, it wasn't at our face.
2: Yeah, it was. I don't know. I Today I was it was blown like from the left. That limp is giving to... them a lapse in memory too. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, either that or I just manned up.
2: Yeah, that's probably oh, it. Geez. Manned up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I heard so many. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Ow, ow, I shouldn't ow, do that. Ow, I should ow, not do ow, that. Ow! 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 <laughs> no, so got got in uh, eight or nine flights on the seven HV. Um, Still getting kind of tuned up, tweaking the head gain here a little bit. Um, Turn the tail rate up just a touch today. Kind of getting back into it a little bit. Seemed touch slow. Um, So overall, not not a whole lot of tuning. It's really nice to just be able to kind of plug and play. Um, The connector issues that I was having a couple weeks ago, now this is the second week without incident. So I'm hoping I'm in the clear. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's still in the back of my mind a little bit, just because when something happens like that two times in a row, um so hopefully that's behind me and I'm in the clear with the whole connector desoldering issue now that I switched out all the bullets um uh, on that connection. Let's see. Yeah, other than that, just looks like it was day. flying good. What was that?
1: It the seven H V. It it looked like it was flying good. I mean, yeah, it was it was
2: flying really good. I finally got it. Pretty dialed in. I had been bouncing around quite a bit on the head speed. You know, for a while there, we dropped way down. We were all, oh, 1950's where it's at. Take your, you know, it's a little harder to tune, but longer flight times. You up the pitch a little bit. You can still make the heli move. And then I kind of snuck it up to the 2050, 2100 mark for a while um, and dropped the pitch back down. And now I've kind of settled right on about 2000 to uh, like 2025 on the head for the 7HV. Uh, that seems How to be many a pr- degrees of pitch? 13 and a half. Okay. And so that seems reasonable. Yeah, that, that seems to be a pretty good uh, speed. If anything, I could see maybe going up to like twenty fifty, um, maybe just a touch more uh, Some sometimes. I wouldn't say that's all the time, though, where I'm like, ah, wish I had just a little bit more pitch or a little more head speed. Um, I am able to pretty much tune all the bobbles out minus the little... Annoying tail kick from crappy year-old batteries, which I'm I'm working on. <laughs> they, they were working. I mean, they oh, were. they working. were working. In in fact, after you left, I nearly like shut the heli down, just punished it, and it, Yeah, it was. Well, those ones are, man. Unfortunately, they they need to be retired. They're old. They're tired packs, and so. I foresee a a battery order in my future or no flying. So I'm definitely not quick, but stopping flying batteries. It is
0: with all the time and money you put into your hobby. The last thing you want to do is throw away your flight experience on bad blades from the feel of the heli in the air to its appearance on the ground. Which blades you choose to bolt on is one of the most important decisions you have to make. That's why you need to put those old and busted blades to the side and make the switch to some new hotness. Brought to you by Bert Kammerer of BK Designs, switch rotor blades are sure to put the finishing touches on your heli. Whether you're into sport flying, hard 3D, or F3C, Switch Rotor Blades will get the job done on everything from a 250 to an 800 class heli. And we're not just talking about main blades here. Switch has tail blades and night blades too. So stop wasting your time not flying the last brand of blades you'll ever need and make the Switch today. www.switchrotorblades.com Yeah, it was a good,
1: good day. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go because I'll just talk about it. About that, it was nice. So, all, all of the jokes, um, about the oohs and the ahs and the <laughs> owls are because I had uh, shoulder surgery two days ago. Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Manned up. Went out to the field. Got some flights in. Feeling pretty good, actually, so far. I'm, I can't complain. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm like 100%, and you, you got to be real careful how you move it, but it still happens to kind of sit and hang in the perfect position for a transmitter, so I was not going to to shy the opportunity. How convenient. <laughs> yeah, how could Wow. Well, I mean, hey, this is the road to recovery right here. No, it was, it was good, though. It was a nice day out at the field, had them. Almost all back flying, you know, I had mentioned I I stripped out a main gear on one of the 700s, which was completely my fault because that one is the one that gets flown as a trioblin, which the stock main gear and a trioblin is a bad idea. <laughs> so that one has, and I knew that going into it, so it wasn't any big surprise when it let go the other weekend. It was more of a chuckle like, wow, it actually lasted this long. Hey, that's pretty cool. So that one was down, which gave me... Let's see, I got out of surgery on, what was that, Wednesday? Thursday I was down. Thursday definitely didn't do dilly nothing. But then... um, No, wait a minute, I take that back. Thursday I did get out there because I all of a sudden was down with some serious lacking models of flying. I oh. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, wait, wait, what?
1: Yeah, you got it. You know what I meant. <laughs> it's the it's the oxycontin.
0: <laughs> the a serious lacking of models of flying. Yeah. I, I got it. I like it. Yeah. It's kinda poetic. It rolls. Yeah. yeah.
1: It rolls. It made dude complete made total complete sense head mine, right?
0: I know. It was just it was a mirage of different words <laughs> and I was trying to piece it all together.
1: Yeah, I'm kinda like I'm a Picasso like that. It's cool. You'll see. But, yeah, so I was stuck with this, wow, if I'm going to fly this weekend, I've got to get some helis going because I didn't have the main gear to replace in the 700, and they're they're set the 570 and the other 700 with brand-new BK servos that, for the life of me, I just could not will into them, (laughs) into the helis themselves.
0: Try as you might.
1: Yeah, so let me tell you. I'm not a big fan of doing servo swaps. It's one of my more frowned upon things. Doing servo swaps with basically one hand is really not fun. Like, at all. And the Goblin's not exactly the easiest model to swap servos on either because you gotta center your horns first and all this and that. And It just took a while. It was... It was go out there for a little bit, come back in rest, go out there for a little bit, come back and rest, but I did get them all done, uh which was nice because today I mean like Jesse said, the weather was beautiful got a chance to go back there out there and you know retune them all which you absolutely have to do, holy cow the freaking speed on those servos and the torque it's just like I had to go down on my rates down on my gains they're just nuts. But uh, by the end of the day, I had helis that I was really, really happy with. The 570 was a, just flying awesome. I made Jesse take a pull on it. And, you know, with the exception of we fly about the same total flip and roll rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when he said, he made a comment, he goes, you know, when I watch you fly, I don't feel like our tail rates that different. But then when I fly yours, it's definitely slower and. It's just like we've mentioned. I fly full resolution. I am way over on the ends and in the corners, and at the, I'm I'm all up in my gimbals everywhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I am. I mean, it's like if it goes all the way to the end, why not use it and maintain the precision? I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. So, it was fun. It was it was good to see him fly that, and that model's just cranking man I, I think after today I don't know what if I just kind of got the magic right combo but man after today with that thing I'm almost going to say it's like slipped back in front of the 500 again I don't know it's tough they kind of go back and forth back the 570 yeah yeah See, it was... I
0: still think that you need to get three bladed heads on both of them before you can make a final decision
1: you know, no, I feel like what I really need to do is try a set of, I need to try a set of 3,000s in in the 570. I've got 2,700s in there. It's really light. I mean, it, this is like 6S weight, but on 12-cell. Right. I'd like to upgrade the motor because, you know, that's that old 8-pole uh, 4025 five five fifty. I'd like to do a motor upgrade on it and maybe try a set of 3000s in it and see if I can tolerate the extra weight because it's just so light and so nimble right now that, I don't know, I I mean, I just, I really, really enjoy it. And I kind of wonder if I couldn't, if with a little bit of an investment in it, because I mean, it. let's face it, right now, that is like an econo, I mean, I say an econo, but it probably you're not going to get anything that flies just as good for that setup for the dollar with the castle in there running off the V bar gov. It holds great. Um, you know, I pulled out the expert servos, which I mean, don't get me wrong, they they were like they're great, you know. But I've got the BKs in there now, the I put the coreless ones in this one, so they're I mean, they're definitely not expensive. 100 bucks a servo, that's not bad at all. And then the 2700 packs those aren't bad and that you know that older scorpion motor for how much I've got into the main power system and control system on it it's just freaking awesome so I kind of I, I almost feel like if I like it this much right now wh- what's it gonna be like if I you know really put a like a super nice motor in it and uh I don't know yeah who knows we shall see but Give I, it a
0: try. Why not? Honest. I mean, motors are. You know, you could probably sell that one and turn it around into something.
1: I, you know one what steps ahead? I, I would never sell it. This is the one Michael sent. This one from like Costa Rica.
0: Costa and, Rica, dude. He lives in Puerto Rico or whatever. It's <laughs> one one of those. Yeah, from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's close uh, enough. Yeah, it's not here. So he said. <laughs> Oh, no, that thing's like a, it's a workhorse. It would it feel as special
0: if it came from from like California?
1: Yes, it would be. It would be just as special because it was it was a nice gift and it got me going and flying uh, in a pinch and it's it served me well.
0: Dude, just jam two extra magnets in that bitch.
1: I know I You'll would be like, good to go. I'd like to try like a a 14 pole or something. I don't know. I mean, I've been flying the same motors for a long time, and I absolutely just love the tar out of my Scorpions. But this one, because it is such an old version, I mean, I'll probably fly something else and go, wow, okay. Yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah, this is nice too, but I got no problems with my Scorpions and go back. But, you know, you never know. True. Never know. So let's see. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much kind of the joy of my week is getting through that surgery and, been doing a little bit we don't talk about it that much
0: but don't tell anyone
1: there was some multi-rotor flying
0: yeah yeah I heard about that
1: yeah yeah oh well it's Dan's fault let's just blame him on it
0: it what, is kinda... what do you think about that Jesse yeah I'm not so sure are you gonna sell your your multi-rotor Jesse on principle just so that you're no longer associated you know, with that that whole culture.
2: Justin, I've been thinking about that for a long time. Trust me. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's time to I get time to get out, so make a clean break mm-hmm. and put the past in the past and look forward.
1: Shake hands and walk away. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's man, I can't think of really anything else. I'm I'm right there with Jesse. I definitely need I need more batteries, but I had to, this week I said screw it and bucked up and ordered a whole bunch of spare parts. Because, you know, we're coming up on now where we're really out flying a lot more. And I thought, all right, I was getting a little low. You know, Justin, after I got the 500 back from you, you were mocking me because it was just, I mean, it was bad, dude, I admit. (laughs) I admit mm. that thing gets flown. It was
0: pretty yeah, it was pretty grody, dude.
1: It was grody and then I get it back, you know, and I put it up into hover and I'm like, god, the tail is just noisy. I mean, noisy. But it you know, it's a goblin. They just they keep flying and so I got it down and I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow. This, this tail, the whole tail was just like a sack of hammered assholes. It was bad. <laughs> The tail blades were actually wore out. I mean, just wore out from from being in the grips, you know, where they get that weird yeah. kind of wear pattern to them. And, and to get them tight, then they don't move at all. <laughs> They'll go like two millimeters, and then they, you can't turn them anymore in the grip. Or
0: they're so loose that they don't even stand up. They just, like, hang out of the grip.
1: Yeah, it was yep. bad. And, and you know, I looked at that, and then I'm looking at the bearings, oh, I had uh, both bearings in the vertical fin and the other side of the tail case were spinning in the carbon fiber.
0: Ooh. So oh, was, wow, nice. dude.
1: Yeah, that was a nice little feature. And uh, at some point in one of the crashes, or either that or loading it in or out, who knows, Um, it that one's got the, the KDE little slider deal on the back. And it had gotten tweaked a little bit and was really like it it didn't align the upper pin and the lower pin. So it was, I mean, it was just bad. And I was like, I got to looking at it and I just, I was so embarrassed. I thought, all right, that's it. You know, I, I had gone through the front half of it not very long ago. Um, put, you know, put a new main yep, gear yep. in it and, and went through. So this time it was like, all right, that's it. So I dug out all my spares and I just did everything all new. <laughs> that was how I fixed it. New tail shaft, new, uh, spindle shaft in the tail, new bearings, even put a new tail case side on it, uh, just completely went through it and man, put it up into the air and it was just so butter smooth and quiet. Once again, I was like, Oh Yeah. That's what it's supposed to sound like. Now I remember. So it feels good to get some of that done, but I depleted a lot of my stock when I did that. So big parts order. Now I'm ready to start having some fun. Having a trailer full of new Hellys isn't anything to complain about, but we're still talking about the same old dumb and triple cow and Charlie Chaplin and pilot behind the sticks. Now, I'm not exactly easy on my helis, and when I need parts, I need them fast. This is where Lower Heli comes to the rescue. With a great variety of my personal favorite heli parts and batteries, no matter how bad the crash, I'm sure to be able to get right back in the air to do it all over again.
3: Fly lower at www.lowerheli.com.
0: Well, nice, dude. I had a similarly good week minus the surgery, Uh, although I can say from personal experience, I have had reconstructive shoulder surgery. I know that's not exactly what you had, but anytime you go into a shoulder with like objects of the foreign variety, pokey ones, it is painful. (laughs) So I'm not sure how you actually were able to fly. You know, two days after the surgery, but mad props because I remember on mine, I had my hand, my arm in a sling for probably two weeks before I could do much of anything.
1: It's just will in it. I don't do so. I don't do pain medication that much. Right. I've taken a total over the course of two days, one and one half, of whatever it is they give you total that's it yeah i just i don't like it i and so then i'm just sitting here kind of hurting it's like well shit i'm gonna sit here and hurt rather go sit outside and
0: hurt yeah oh dude (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: so then i'll just uh go and if i'm gonna do that then i'll go fly and hurt there's hurting involved in all of it i might as well have some fun
0: nice very nice well, my week out my week started out quite well. I had mentioned last week that I had ordered the SKB dual golf case, which is what I'm going to use to transport my helis to Urcha, and it showed up on Saturday. And I got to tell you guys, this thing is freaking massive. That is a huge. You mm-hmm. could. Oh, dude, yeah, you Two saw, dead um, bodies. Yeah, I forgot you saw pictures. Yeah, I could fit. Two dead bodies and still Fit the Diablo (laughs) speed in there (laughs) Like Seriously Jesse this Thing I'll Uh. send you pictures it is Overwhelmingly large So get this okay I I pulled the the fuselage Off the Diablo speed so it's just the Airframe and you know when you pull the Fuse off it it's airframe is not Really any different in In sort of size and shape from a typical Uncanopied heli Mm-hmm. And then I pulled the canopy off the the TDR and stuck both of them side by side. And I have room for two more 700 airframes. I could literally fit with foam padding four airframes in this in this freaking box. So why would you go
1: with that one then?
0: I'll tell you why, because I don't have any just any old 700 airframes. Right. I got to find a way to get the fuselage in there because it won't fit uh, on the heli. Oh, okay. So I, I had to pull the fuselage off the Diablo speed. Now, for perspective, the fuselage fits snugly with a little bit of compression in the foam on one side of the case. If I fit it all together. So the front and the back snap together, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually fly, uh, to, to Urcha that way. I'll pull it apart into two pieces, probably wrap it up, bury it under some foam with the TDR canopy on the bottom. And then what I'll be able to do with the rest of the room, I'll take about half of the bottom to fit the two airframes. And now I've got room for tools for chargers, for power supplies. I mean, it it blows my mind, man. And the top is just as deep. So the picture you saw, Nick, that was just the heli sitting in the bottom of the case. Now you imagine the other half of the clamshell that comes down on top of it. Mhm. And I can I can fit just as much on that top portion. It's freaking crazy. It fits a TDR standing upright with its skids and the head on. That's
1: a, yeah, it's going to wow. cost you like $187 to check it.
0: I think you're probably pretty close. I've done <sighs> more research on the airlines and I think that United is going to charge me like 100 and U.S. Airways on the way back is going to charge me like 200 but you know what, dude? I what? Wh- how else am I gonna do it? It's all about the oversized baggage, right? And they do this thing. It's not just a weight; it's the linear inches. It's how what what is its length, height, and width added together?
1: I'll give you some linear inches. Yeah,
0: I, yeah I'll give you some linear inches too. <laughs> anyway, the the linear inch or the linear length, width, height at ad- sum, the value for oversized luggage is like 60 inches and so i thought to myself okay what does this guy come in at it comes in at 82 well would i be able to get away with not considering it oversized if i got a single golf bag variety of this yeah no they still come in at like 69 inches so what's the point
1: no, that's fair. I mean, that's true. If there's if there's no difference between a single and a double cost-wise, then yeah, I'm I mean, I'm going all out at that point.
0: Yeah. So the nice thing is though that I feel like I'm going to be able to fit everything except for my packs, my hel- uh, my uh battery packs and my clothes in that. And honestly, I can probably fit my clothes too. <laughs> And just do like a little backpack as a carry-on with the lipos. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna mod it up pretty good. I think I'm gonna get some uh, thin wood boards, uh, maybe even two by fours. Screw them down into the base of it as little separators, and then staple foam padding into them so that there's sort of like a little you know, little gates in between each of the helis and then make compartments for the tools and all that kind of crap, it's going to be pretty freaking sweet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to weigh like 400 pounds, but Nice.
1: You got to do we'll it, see. though. I mean, yeah. it's not like you can put it. It's not like you're going to go there and be like, oh, man, they broke this when they transported it. I'll run down to the tent and grab another
0: one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. So that was pretty cool on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I got out to the field, got some good flying in again. Uh, right now, I'm focused very strongly on speed practice. So the 3D helis really only get flown uh, while speed packs are charging, or while either the batteries or the power system is cooling down in between flights. Uh, and I'm I'm getting it down to a pretty good routine nowadays and so that the efficiency of flying back to back is getting to the point where the 3d helis really don't get all that much action at all but that's okay uh you know uh, brought the diablo speed out again because i mentioned last week i pulled the pyro out of the tdr uh because uh now that i am on team x nova of course I gotta fly X Nova Motors, and so I had a couple of motors that I had to catch up on and swap out. The TDR is one of them. So it is on the bench, not flyable yet. So I flew the entire uh, day with the Diablo Speed. <sighs> I'm 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 getting there. I I gotta work on the consistency. I'm telling you now that after Uh, looking at the calendar and realizing that I've only got five or six weekends to go, it's starting to make me a little nervous. I'll be honest with you. But slowly but surely, I'm seeing improvements. It's just one of those things like, you know, Nick and I were talking about this a couple of nights ago. There are so many things to focus on, to do correctly when you're doing the run and it's it's not just speed it's it would be like anything it would be a 3d maneuver a routine you focus so hard to clean up this aspect of it and you don't realize until a flight or two later that you've let this other area completely go to shit right you've overcompensated. Yeah, yeah. You? And so what I'm trying to do is get into that groove where I'm balancing everything out. And I'm not quite there yet, but I do still have time. Not you as much as a- I'd like.
1: a spotter.
0: Yeah, dude. Dude, the spotter makes a big difference. It yep. really does.
1: Yep. You got to have someone there to push you, to tell you, to force you. Do this. No. And no. remind you. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you can go out and blow a day at the field and be on your way home going. But well, I didn't even hardly work on anything. Anything. Yeah, and I had exactly. a good plan when I left. Right. Yeah. And that's what
0: I've been seeing. Like, it'll take me the first two or three flights to get back in the groove. And then after that, I'm I'm doing good. You know, I, I don't I don't nail it every single run of every flight. But out of a five or six run flight, I get half or three quarters of the runs are are solid. And when I say solid, I'm not always going for the highest speed. What I'm focusing on more so nowadays is the technique to get consistent speed mm-hmm. at, a, at a steady altitude so that there's no dip in altitude or ascent. It's just a straight level solid speed. And so to that end, my best run last week was my second best overall uh, in average sense. I got an average of 258 kilometers an hour, uh, which doesn't sound all that impressive given that two weeks ago when I flew with you, Nick, I hit a 274, Mm -hmm. but the 274 was with a peak of 285. This 258 was with a peak of 260 or 261. So consistent. So it's, it's very consistent.
1: Well... I think that's going to be the key, being able to repeat, repeat over and over and over again. And then once you get it to where you're super consistent, my guess is that the times will just slowly start creeping up and creeping up a little bit at a time.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. It's, it's, uh, I like the, I like the forced focus on the competition objective. And I'm, I don't mean forced, like I'm doing it not of my own free will. Obviously I want to do this. But it's actually kind of cool and unique, at least for me in the hobby, to be able to focus on something as clear as a competition, whereas previously it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'd like to learn that move. But what's forcing me to learn that move? Nothing, really. I'll get around to it. So that that's kind of a cool feeling. Uh, Now, I didn't go without 3D. I got one 3D flight in on Sunday, and wow. it resulted in a crash.
1: Oh, no. Yeah.
0: I'm not feeling bad about this one, though. I crashed the Goblin 380 again. Second time. <sighs> Poor little 380. So the, the the two things that I've been working on the sim have been triple flips, as everyone knows now. And rolling circles. My preferred variety of rolling circles, for reasons unbeknownst to me, quite frankly, are backwards rolling circles. The forwards just don't click with me. I can do them. They're ugly. And my backwards, I can fly them all over the place on the sim. And they're mostly clean and I can adjust and move them up and move them down if I need to. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this crap. We're going to go. We're going to go and do this on the real thing. Mm -hmm. And the weekend before, actually, I had done it on the 770 and successfully completed a couple of circles. The Goblin 380, it doesn't feel quite the same in rolling circles. So I got most of one complete coming around the other side and it starts drooping and it's drooping more. And I'm trying to correct and I'm I'm just it's getting out of shape. And I already see it. I'm like five or 10 feet above the really thick grass on the north line in Snohomish. And in my head, it clicked and I said, "Okay, we're going to crash throttle hold. And then when I throttle hold it, it was one of those weird things where I'm looking at it thinking, you know what? I could have bailed out of that because I've got the three SX on it and I've got bailout on my little push button. Mm hmm. But at that point, you know, you bail out with throttle hold on. That doesn't work all that well if you don't have any power to bring it back up. (laughs) So it it went into the weeds uh, deep, deep into the weeds. And these weeds are like five or six feet tall now and actually came out really well. I broke I I bent one of the main grip link uh, link grip arms. I what else did I do? Oh, I bent the spindle the main spindle. Uh, I bent the tail rotor spindle because it's the little uh, uh, damped tail rotor, kind of like the 700 competition. And then I broke a couple of pieces off of the plastic battery tray, which would be perfectly fine. But now the battery doesn't feel as secure. So I'll probably just get that replaced. And then I dented up the canopy. The blades were intact. I mean, I, I bent, (laughs) I bent a grip arm, but the blades were intact. Wow. So all in all, not bad. Probably. I, I, I haven't, I've been lazy. I haven't bought anything yet, but I'm thinking it's probably like a $50 crash. And then I'll live by my $100 rule and buy another 50 bucks in spare parts. Sounds like a plan to me. Uh, let's see. Got a little flying in this week at lunch. Not much. Uh it's not I don't think there's really much to talk about there. Really, I'm just I'm looking forward to this weekend. The weather's gonna be nice. Uh too hot, quite frankly, but we'll see what we can come up with. I'll have to pay particular attention to the speed temperatures. Uh and then I'm waiting on my motors. Oh. Speed motor. X Nova Speed Edition, right? It's coming out in three or four weeks. I have one coming to me in a week. Oh, yeah. Pre-release, bitches. I'm really excited. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, for those people who have been talking to me on email and Facebook and such, I will be able to hopefully show and say a lot more about it in the next week. And that'll, of course, go in the in the Diablo speed. And then my final topic, and I want to get your guys' take on this. The Goblin Speed, poor little Goblin Speed, uh, is not getting any speed flights in anymore. And I've been tossing around the idea, do I convert it to a 700 competition and fly it as 3D? Do I make it a drag racer? Do I fly it as a 3D model in the speed form I don't know, man. I, I'm almost ready to just hang it up on the wall and let it kind of hang out until I'm ready to mess with it again. Give it to Nick. What do you guys think?
4: <laughs> Give it, it to Nick.
0: Give it <laughs> to Nick. Dude, I offered you that a couple of times. And you're like, no, I've got other stuff going on. Give it to Nick.
1: Person? dummy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you think, Jesse, before we give anything to Nick?
2: I think you should turn it into a 3D heli. Yeah? And fly it
0: as a 3D heli looking like the Goblin Speed?
2: Yeah, why not? Or
0: convert it to a
2: regular 700 comp? No, no, no. I think you should fly fly it as uh, as the Goblin Speed, as it looks, but fly it as a, you know, tune it, set it up as a 3D helicopter.
0: What do you think about that, Nick? Give it to Nick. Oh. He's still on that whole thing, yeah. but he had some pretty strong opinions about yeah, whether I so should I did, uh, fly yeah, it as a three D speed.
1: I don't like the way that it looks flying three D in speed form. And it's so few parts. I mean, you don't have to mess with the 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 front of the boom back can it all stay the same. I mean, yeah, okay, you put some different tail pulleys in it or whatever, but that's no big deal. Um but I just don't. It's frame sides, canopy, and skids. Yep. Right, right, Justin.
0: That's, That's it. it. Yeah. So well, and the tail case, but the tail case is yeah, functional I wouldn't either worry about way. That.
1: Yeah, I would leave the tail case on there. But then it's like a full-on nice 700 comp. Uh, I mean, I I just feel like you should do what they look like. If it's a 3D heli, then 3D it, and if not, then Keep it a speed and, and flying fly it. a
2: goblin, and you're talking about how a heli looks in the air, man. Well, I know, but it's, it's not. <laughs> wow,
1: yeah. That's, oh, damn, Jesse, that was a very fair point. Very fair
0: point. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you really want it, I will hand it over. See, Jesse, I to get, get this. It. I even offered him my power system. I'm like, yeah. dude, take the cosmic. Yeah, he doesn't want to touch it because he's afraid he's gonna blow he'll, it up, and then he has thing. to pay for it. Yeah,
1: I will pop that sucker's chariot. It'll never walk the same <laughs> after <laughs> I. <get> t- <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't want me touching your cosmic. <laughs> you're probably right. That's yeah, a fair you, point. You're
1: definitely, you're never gonna look at your daddy the same. <laughs> <laughs> No, I would. Uh, I sh- I should have. I should have grabbed the airframe, and I should have grabbed your motor, the Scorpion motor for it, and just picked up a speed controller, and anyway. and got some practicing. Because I am really, I'm really curious about the um about version six on V bar because they made you know they made mm-hmm. a special point to say that it is a lot more stable at speed. Yep. Yep. And I really kind of. Speed flying in general, I feel like, and okay, I know that there's going to be some listeners that are basically like, hey, you know, you can go fish yourself, but <laughs> I feel like it is out of my budget. And I say that, yes, I know, with a trailer full of goblins and a trailer and all that, but <laughs> hence the fist yourself
0: comment. Right, right. But I
1: mean, it, it, it really is. If you're going to compete, you're going to pay to play. I mean, no question. And Justin, you know that better than anyone. And uh, But on the flip side, I do also feel like the stock, what's the name of the stock class?
0: Sportsman. Sportsman.
1: I feel like I would love to compete at that, and I would be happy just staying in Sportsman. Like, no matter what, I'd be perfectly good doing that and i i would i mean I would love to do it with a goblin speed and because I think I would get into the technique side of it you know I would really enjoy that yeah that definitely. side of it because you don't you really don't have to go super super crazy in sportsman class because there's no point in a this massive tremendously huge powerful motor because 12 s just isn't gonna Yeah, you're limited to
0: 12S and you're limited to commonly available, you know, aftermarket upgrades. You can't go and start chopping up your airframe and adding custom bits and pieces from, you know, machined out of your garage. The point is to level the playing field in Sportsman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and and that's why I think that the Goblin Speed is just awesome there. Well,
0: then, dude, here's the deal. I'll give you the Goblin Speed. You get it set up however you want. And you can compete in our RCHN 3 Speed Cup in September.
1: Now, that would be fun. I mean, that would be genuine. Like, now now you've got my attention. Because I'm not going to get to Urcha. That's that's a given.
0: But I would definitely go out there and compete. And you're not going to get shit for it if you do well, other than a pat on the back. Because we don't give stuff away to ourselves, but
1: can we change these rules? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have the power to do that. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might, you know, I might, I just might do that. I just might do that.
2: Yeah. That would be cool. Cause we were just talking about that today at the field. Going, we were, man, if I was going to get another heli,
1: we had that conversation, after hearing
2: Justin, you know, just all the speed talk and all the speed info. I'm like, I actually think it'd probably be a speed helicopter. Really, yep. you, Jesse? <laughs> yeah, I was like, if or he said an eight hundred or an eight hundred or so, a speed. something completely different, you know.
1: Because I asked him how come he didn't have the what the, the five fifty, right? Because I mean, yeah. I just I love my Goblin five right, right. So yeah. I was like, I'm surprised you don't have the five fifty.
2: And that's and he's where it like, went. Yeah, nah. if I was gonna get something new, it'd probably an eight hundred or speed heli.
1: Yeah, and then we both went, ooh, yeah, speed heli shit That's and then we started
2: pacing out the field. I think we could probably do it. <laughs> yeah, if we go way down here, stand on the corner, yeah, yeah we could dude. Do it. <laughs> I mean, and and again, I mean, if you're
0: not Nick, you're absolutely right. I mean, to be competitive, it is offensively pricey. I mean, horrible. But in sportsmen, it's not I mean, you can pick up any old Forza or Gowie X7 Formula or, you know, Goblin Speed. Hell, even a Goblin 700 competition. It's, it's not a flying brick. It's aerodynamic, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just see how it goes. Or we've got the Mini Unlimited class. Bring your little guys.
1: yeah. Uh I'm so torn there. I don't know. I mean, that's just getting to where it's like, this is just gonna be bad. I mean it I'm It will gonna... be
0: very interesting to see how that turns out. Have very we,
1: have you figured out our classes at our Funfly? fly?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean it so I I want it to be here's my thought. I want it to be similar to Urcha. To the extent that it is reasonable, given that we're not doing something super crazy at our fun fly, because it's just going to be one of the competitions we do. But consistency in how people view the competition, I think, is important. Kind of along the same lines as what Sean's trying to do with the 3D trials. Now, he's doing a one and a kind thing that no one's ever done before, but he's trying to set it up in such a way that anyone could pick the format up and run with it. Yeah, yeah. And so... I think having a similar philosophy, if we're going to try to make speed popular, um, because let's face it, anyone can put on a speed cup. As long as you've got people that are interested and you've got rules and a place to fly it, that's big enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... And, and actually, you know, to, to that end, mentioning the Mini mini Unlimited, Gowie kind of slapped us in the back of the head last week with the R5, because when it first came out, I thought it was a 500, you know, like 525s, whatever. It's 585 millimeter blades. That's a big model. I mean, that's effectively a 600. Yeah. And so mm. what I'm, what I'm going to be doing here, probably by the time you hear this, the rules will be updated yet again. We're going to split Mini Unlimited into Class A and Class B. And Class A is going to be the little guys. Basically, anything below 500 millimeter blades, which is really kind of just like the Oxys at the 250 or whatever. And then the uh, 360, 380 class. And then we're going to do Class B, which is basically a 500 to a 600 class heli. And then all of the 700s still go in the Sportsman Pro Modified and Unlimited. So we'll we'll see how it goes, but the interest is definitely picking up.
1: It's going to be fun.
0: That's all I got. Oh, except Jesse, I lied to you last week. Inadvertently, but mm-hmm. I did. I have actually missed a couple of nights of Sim. Ah. I yeah. knew it was too good to be true. Because after I said that, I, actually, I listened to me saying it on Monday when I listened to the podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? On second thought, I better go back and double check that." And yeah, in the last, I think probably two weeks, I've missed two or three nights. So uh, okay. I'm not on a consecutive roll anymore, but I am still simming as you know most every night.
1: Yeah, good for, for you sure. for for sticking it out. Yeah. Cause I,
0: <laughs> you're not. I'm a disgrace. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I am still waiting for the pennies.
2: Yeah, wait. It'll happen. They didn't show up yet. No, no. Yeah, Are you no.
0: sending them by, uh, you know, horse and buggy or a pigeon, one at a time? Pigeon. Ah, okay.
1: I'm I'm hand delivering mine. I'm gonna fill up that nut sack full of pennies.
0: Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, that's true. Good call. Yeah, that's
1: it. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's do a little bit of news. I think we have some. I think you're right. Do it. All right. Battery packs are an expensive investment for all of us, and let's face it: once you hit that magic go button on your charger, the health and safety of your battery packs is completely out of your hands no other charger do i have more faith in to take care of my precious batteries than rev electrics chargers the vast amount of charging options that rev electrics offers gives me the confidence that i can program my dual power lab to charge my packs both reliably and quickly give your batteries a chance at being the best that they can be with a power lab today
3: thanks nick For more information, visit www.revolectrics.com and click on the Revo USA store.
1: This week's news is brought to you by RC Heli Nation version 2.0, the worst possible news source you could come to. (laughs) I like that. All right. It fits. It's fitting. I feel like I could really sell it if I wanted to. Let's go for some news. Okay, so now back when this heli came out, it was not, it, it had a bad run. And we are talking about the MSH Proto Max. They have completely redone it. And when I mean completely, I mean we are talking completely. It, it attempted the miniature aircraft style Sprague type single belt on the motor. It it was no bueno. It didn't work. They've totally gone through this heli now. Uh, So version two is back to a typical one-way setup in the main gear. It's now dual belted. So you've got a motor belt and a tail drive belt. Still the same overall idea as far as the layout, this crazy one-piece lower frame that
0: it's all plastic,
1: right? It's all plastic. I mean, Mm -hmm. this looks like it is going to be logo spectacular
0: in a crash. Yeah. But here's the deal. If you can replace that one piece frame for like 50 bucks,
1: but what's it going to do to the pack that sits inside of it?
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's going to destroy it. (laughs) Mm hmm.
1: That's that's my only concern. I mean, really, with you know, with this is like, is it enough protection for the pack? But so they've gone through it, done a bunch of upgrades to it. it, it you know, you can now you can run a a regular motor in it because before you had to have one with like a ten millimeter shaft. Yep. The whole thing was just ridiculous. But this is where it gets crazy. Okay, they've dropped like drastically dropped the spare parts price. To the point of a good majority of them are even in half. Kit price with an MSH brain, six ninety nine. dollars Whoa. With a brain. Is
0: that an introductory price or is that like the permanent price? I don't know,
1: but I guess they've just kind of gone through... They must have done higher quantities or something. They refine their process. I mean, I don't know, but this is an all belted heli with a flybarless system, seven hundred class for seven hundred
0: bucks. That's impressive, dude. It wow, it really is. Does it look the same like it, like the yes. canopy? It's the, the you know the typical MSH. Yep, shape, color, Sh- that sure sort does. Of a deal
1: tail case looks. Kind of similar. I don't. Okay. I don't have the V one and the V two tailcase together next to each other. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. Looking at the the heli overall, I would not want to crash this. I mean, no way would I want to crash this. It's on the dainty side. However, it's got to be just stupid light. And my guess is that it probably flies pretty darn good uh because of the lack of weight i i'm i mean this could with that price point and the fly barless system it could i think if if this helicopter had a chance for a comeback this is it like no question yep. this is it so i'm I'm really curious to see how it ends up working out definitely unique now we've got another flybarless system on the market, and I think Jesse, you you got a little bit of the scoop on that one, right?
2: Yeah, I've been doing a, a little bit of reading. I think we'll be throwing a link up in the show notes over to Helifreak that kind of gives us a rundown. It looks like it's called the Neuron, and just I don't know, quickly kind of buzz through the hardware here: nine-axis sensor looks like they put in a you know really solid power bus super light 6.7 grams looking from the pictures it looks really really small um as well so some of the features is this thing is built for helicopters quadcopters and airplanes um it's got your built-in rpm governor so built-in gov um let's see it handles all your Normal receiver outputs, Spectrum, Futaba, um, all the big ones there. So it's got a rescue mode with pitch management. I'm assuming that means that it will successfully apply pitch to keep you away from the ground. Um, Self-level mode for quads and planes. Um, And it also has some capability for GPS for position holding, built-in barometer, altitude holding... Um, it looks like future expansion to support setup and tuning with your iPhone. It's going to come with setup and tuning with your PC and Android already built in. Um, I, I would assume via USB cable, kind of like you do with the icon or other fly barless systems. And one of the coolest things I think is it's 150 bucks.
0: Yeah, dude, this one, this is, this could be a big deal. It could be yeah. a game changer.
1: So this is, I believe, now I'm sure I'm going to get corrected if I'm wrong, but I believe that the designer of this, Thomas, is the, Isn't he? wasn't he the original designer of the icon or brain or whichever it was?
0: Him and one other no dude, idea. right?
1: Well, it was like him and Corrado, and Corrado was the MSH side, but then I think that Thomas was the actual designer, and then it ended up, you know, whatever happened there. I believe that this is actually his, like his own creation now, built and sold by him, not through anyone else, like they did the first time. The features list on this is just, it's crazy, but it almost seems like too much. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's got all this stuff, but yet I'm looking at, what, six ports? I mean, six servo connectors? And, it okay, so it's got a USB connector, but it's an adapter. Hmm. So if you're going to plug that in and, and run a wire over to, you know, remotely mount a USB connector, then that's going to take up. I feel like we're going to be right back at that same point where it's going to be a hassle to put on a 700 and it might have a lot of stuff, but is it actually going to have room to be able to use all of that at the same time? Right. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's really cool. If it can do remote USB and gov and this and that, but it's only got six ports, (laughs) you know, what about the stuff that's important to me? Like redundant power, and getting my RPM, you know, in there. And so, I don't know. It seems a little, a uh, little, little Billy Mays Hayes, a little oxycleanish in, in everything that they're saying. But,
2: it, you know, if it, Well, if you if you scroll, do you have the page open, Nick? Uh, Yeah. Now, see, now I see a couple of them. It looks like and a big brother with no official name yet, which has quite a few more ports coming off of it.
1: Yeah. So maybe they're going to go after like a a small heli one and a big heli one. Yeah, potentially. That one's got a whole. Yeah. But then
0: how much is the big brother? I yeah, mean the features are impressive, but if the introductory price on this one is what does it say, a hundred and fifty-ish or so, Jesse? Yeah, right around there. So that's the introductory price. How much does the big one cost? Because if it's up in the two hundreds, then it really better compete against the current systems that are in that price range.
1: Well, and uh, okay, so I like how they say support for this. Support for that, support for this, support for that, but is it going to have it? That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have it. That means if I want to do GPS later, this unit is designed for it. Right. Okay, but is that actually going to happen? You know, support for helis, hexacopters, octos, planes, okay. How long after it hits the market is that going to happen? Because- you know, we were kind of discussing this, and I, I feel that thats is, there is no reason why these fly barless systems. I mean, I believe that with the exception of GPS falling into it, these fly barless systems on helis, we demand so much out of them flight performance-wise. Flying a plane and a multi is nothing. I mean, nothing when it comes to actually, you know, writing the the oh, algorithms yeah. for it. I mean, it's it's a walk in the park. So I'm kinda, you know, last year we talked about, oh, well, if it doesn't have a rescue or if it doesn't have a bailout, that's that's the new benchmark. Bailout and a gov. It's gotta have a bailout and a gov. I feel like pretty soon it's gonna be, okay, you gotta be able to fly a plank and a multi with it. I really because we're just it's getting to the point where man, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, and that's let's face it, that's what uh, a that is a big reason on why the whole V control thing struggled at first. But then, I mean, I I can't even think of how many people in person out at the field where it's like I'm I'm kind of going through it with them. I'm I'm showing them. They're like, wow, this is pretty cool. I was like, yeah, you know, and you can just slap it on there and, you know, throw it on your plank. And they just sit there and look at you like, what? Yeah, it's got V-plane, dude. It's, that's that's no big deal at all. Yep. Are you serious? So I can put this on my blah, 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 blah? Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, that's it. I. I absolutely. Because the only reason that they weren't getting it was because they thought that it was only for helicopters. So I kind of feel like this is the next revolution, in you know, in what's in what's going to be, which is kind of scary. Well, I don't, I shouldn't say it's kind of scary. I think it'll be cool because it'll push the manufacturers, but it makes me concerned that um they're gonna they're gonna be doing a lot of things okay, and only very few of them are really mm-hmm. going to focus, you know. Like on helicopters, if that makes sense. Like kind of where it started. Because I think it's pretty tough to go from, like, uh, you know, DJI tried it. What was that? The NASA H? Yep. That was not very popular. But that was their attempt at going over to the heli side. Oh, yeah, you could 3D it. Well, someone could. (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't know, just my opinion yeah. I think it'll be it, it, it's cool to see him push and I wish him the best of luck um, but it'll be interesting to see what it's actually released with and, and comes with and how it works out well that is my conclusion for news for the week unless anyone else has
0: some I've got news
1: it's speed news
0: Yeah, it is speed news. I knew it. Yep. Well, so as we speak this weekend, by the time you hear this, it'll be over. But they're holding the 3D Cup in France. And so this is a huge international competition. All the big names are over there right now. It's just as much 3D competition as anything else. But they're also doing a speed competition. And it's uh, from what I understand, they're doing the standard FAI rules. So it's the 200 meter course like we're doing at Urcha and our buddy, George of Scorpion Power, George Van Gansen, made a post today after the first day of the speed comp was up. And uh, I am telling you that I am quite impressed with this. So here are the this is on his Facebook wall. And you're going to be able to see the link in the show notes. Uh, but this is what he says. First day results of the Heli Speed Cup in France. Open class 12S first place. 233 kilometers per hour. JR4 is a 700. Pilot? George. Very impressive. Well done, dude. That's awesome. He's been really getting into the speed thing, and he's going to be competing at Urcha Speed Cup again this year, so it'll be exciting to to see how he does again. Uh, And then the Unlimited class, first place, uh, with a Diablo Speed Scorpion team pilot from Taiwan by the name of QS Chen, 326 kilometers an hour. That's oh two hundred and two miles an hour. If that's true, now this wasn't this wasn't a record competition, so it, it can't be officially recorded as you know the FAI world recognized record. But if that's true, that is impressive. Because you remember the way we do the FAIs is, is it's the average of the two best runs left to right and right to left. I haven't gotten confirmation that that's what actually happened yet or or whether this was a max speed, but the way George wrote it was 326 KPH on an FAI course with an HK 5035 550 motor. Now, that's a monster. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I bet he doesn't have batteries left. No. No. Doesn't matter at that point, but though. dude, well, yeah. 200 miles an hour.
1: <laughs> That's the same stator size as your, your X Nova, right?
0: Stator size on the X Nova is a 50 millimeter. I cannot disclose the stator height yet. Oh. It's all very secretive. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, super impressive, regardless of whether it's an average or not. I mean, congratulations to both of these guys and everyone else that placed.
2: That's fast. That's crazy.
1: How fast did George go? Give that to me in in miles an hour.
0: 233 is about 144 miles an hour.
1: How fast do you have yours up to, your
0: goblin speed? Goblin speed, I think I've been up in the 230s. I've peaked in the 240s before. It's... you know, 230s, low 240s is probably about the limit of a typical sportsman type class heli, right? You know, JR Forza, Scott Gray went out there. Now, Scott Gray's not human, uh, so <laughs> any anyone that was flying the same model would have gotten like 10 mile an hour f- slower. But he went up last year in the sportsman class at Urcha and put up a 142 or 144.
1: Mm. Yeah, George is probably swapping out packs every every run. He's got like ten sets broken, and it's
0: and one. and it only lasts that freaking yeah, that one, one flight. <laughs> yeah, those are yeah, because dude, he flew a forty five forty five hundred in his Forza. That's a monster motor.
1: Hmm. That's a that's a pack eater.
0: Yeah. I mean, Anyway, good job, guys. Keep it up. That's all I got. How about you, Jesse?
1: No news here. No compass news.
2: I already brought up the fly system. (laughs) Get off my back, all right? (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing.
1: Cool. Well, this week's news is brought to you by RC Heli Nation. Because if it's not real, we'll make it up.
0: Just when you thought that the guys at Soko Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soko Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original Soko kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your Heli setup, visit the Soko team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out.
3: SoCo Heli Tools Next generation setup.
1: Go so, ahead get this. What? Uh, I'm I am still I'm I'm in I'm in bliss. I'm blown away. I am shocked. Taken aback. Enthralled. Uh Justin, keep it going. Come on, help me out. Enamored of. Yes.
0: Blown away by. Yes. Mesmerized. Enthusiastic. Very nice. Because couches. of.
1: Because of that we, <laughs> we're back
0: on Heli Freak.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and, and yes, people are like,
0: wait, what? I think I saw no fewer than five individual posts that said, Hell has frozen over, you know, like all all those sorts of things. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have expected to see pornography on Heli <laughs> Freak before <laughs> R- RC Heli Nation. That was, that was, was one of them.
1: That was my favorite, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I can. Uh, I can agree. Yes, yeah, so uh before everyone is just like, what in the how in the Okay, so um I have spent some time talking with Jim Graham. That is the new I, I don't think he's the actual official owner, but he's the one kind of running all of Heli Freak now. RC groups. Um, what's the other one? They got a big uh Oh,
0: um Damn it. It's a big plane Fly, flying giant, flying giants. That's it. Yeah. Flying Giants. That
1: guy. So they took over heli freak like we talked about and I got, um, you know, we talked on the phone and he said, I said, you know, this, here's the deal. This is our roots. This is where we all, all of us started on heli freak. Um, you know, not just helping technically, but it's, it's, it's home for us. We'd like to be able to see if we can't work something out. And I gotta tell you, what a stand up guy. He said, absolutely, you know, he's got the same he's got the same mission that we do, which is just to have fun and bring the hobby together. You know? If you're if you're flying, then you're a part of the family. Period. And it it was it it couldn't have gone any smoother and better. It was I mean, what a laid back just totally casual kind of guy where it's like, yeah, it just makes sense. He, he you just didn't kept even
0: have to pull his arm either. No, like he he's was like, on yeah, board.
1: Absolutely. It makes sense. There's no reason that RC Heli Nation and Heli Freak should not be, you know, should not be uh, in this hobby together. The
0: bestest of friends.
1: That's right. We're friends. So um, you will, here's how it's going to go down. For everyone's like, what? Okay we are going to for for anyone that is has some activity going on our forum i'm going to apologize up front we are going to shut our forum down now was that like a a stipulation no it wasn't it was uh we We don't want to do a forum. We never wanted to do a forum. We're not forum people.
0: We only set it up because we lost our forum on (laughs) Heli Freak. Yeah, we have no desire to do it. And let me tell you, as the main person behind keeping that stupid thing alive from a coding standpoint, screw the forum.
1: Yeah. Everyone knows that Heli Freak has the best layout. Period. End of story. I mean... That's just how it is. So if the people are there and the layout is the best and it, it goes smooth on the phone and, and I can look at it across everything, that just makes sense. That's what Helly Freak does. We do podcasts. So let us do the podcast. You guys do the forum. And we have no problem ditching ours. So for the people that are on there, uh, wrap it up. Get in contact with anyone that you need to get in contact with. Um, we're going to pull it down. We will have access to it for a little bit. So if it's like, you know, if you're in the middle of a for sale transaction or something, we're not going to leave everyone hosed. But yeah, we're going to pull
0: it down. And it'll be archived too. So, you know,
1: yeah, yeah it's yeah. not
0: it's not going to be completely deleted, never to be seen again, because there is good stuff on there. Yeah. But, but it just won't be available. Like you, you won't be able to get a link to an archived no, forum.
1: No, So, uh, Jim was just gracious enough to put us right up at the tippy top by like, uh, uh, Finless Bob and Camp Hardcore. So we're back up there, right back up where we were originally. Here's the cool part. We get to be a part of the forum. We're going to post, uh, episodes in there. Uh, giveaways, you're totally okay to put. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's totally cool to put your citizen number and your signature. Wow. Awesome. Um, and, and yeah, we're going to be not just in there, but we're going to be all over Heli Freak. For those of you who don't do Heli Freak, we completely, you gotta, you gotta understand where we're coming from. This is still, I think people kind of forget sometimes. This is a hobby within a hobby for us. And the way that we can do this podcast, the best that we can do it is to streamline everything. We are all about streamlining, maximum getting out for the minimum time putting in and being able to have a forum that's laid out, done, keeps the maintenance down on our website, takes the work off of, you know, Larry who helps us with the website. And it just makes everyone's life a lot easier. We're not going to abandon all the Facebook people. We still love chit-chatting on Facebook. It's just it.
0: I mean, yeah. Let let's. Oh, I'm going to put it really clear. Nothing is going to change, except we won't have a forum on our website. We'll have it on Helifreak.
1: And I can That's tell you, exactly. our
0: website is going to continue to be as active as it's always yes, right. been. Come on, hang out with us in the chat box all of our episodes, tech tips, all of that. Nothing's changing, but now we have a heli-freak forum. That is it.
1: it. It's kind of like a place to kick back and chat, just like we used to always do. I mean, we've been bouncing around between... You know, we know that our forum sucked. It was a pain to load on mobile. It was slow. All of the wonderful things that go on with a crappy forum. So... Uh, I think that it's going to work out a lot better because uh, people will be able to get a hold of us a lot easier. And we'll be able to kind of keep organized with the replies a lot better. And I think overall, it's just going to give the listeners an opportunity to get involved a lot more um, with us, you know, not just as RC Helly Nation, but with us individually. Like they'll know you guys know where to find us. You know, and um, along that, that kind of goes along with that is we're going to be, it's okay for us to be out on Heli Freak now uh, browsing around. So you'll see me in the SAB forums. You'll see me in the V Control forums. You know, same thing with Jesse and and Justin, you know, I know that you've been quietly in the speed, (laughs) you know. A little more selective with your replies, but it's like we can be us now the way that we yep. should be. And it is
0: freeing. And, yes. and I'll be honest with you. I mean, one of the things I struggled with on our forums is because it's not talk capable. The only way I could really interact and keep up was to log on to a computer. And I, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are like this, but I don't use computers all that much. I live off of mobile devices. I mean, my iPhone six plus that is my home. It's like an extension of me. So TapaTalk's big. And now that I can use TapaTalk to log into our heli freak forums. Damn dude. I'll be busting out replies 24 seven.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of, that's how, that's how it went down. Um, there's, there was, Really, nothing else behind it. It was just like, "Hey, you know, we should, uh, we should make this happen." Absolutely. Why aren't we? Well, we are. Let's do it. Let's go. Hammer down. Have fun. Kind of bringing the hobby back together. So super excited. And that has, man, that just set the pace this week, dude. I'm grinning ear to ear. It feels great.
2: Now that I've owned two full sets of BK high voltage coilless servos, I can honestly say that these are the best full-size cyclic servos I have owned to date. These things are crazy fast, with a speed of 0.049 seconds per 60 degrees, and plenty strong with a torque rating of 295 inch ounces. Oh, and to top all this off, they're only 99 bucks a piece. So whether you're looking to replace an old set of worn-out servos or outfitting that brand-new heli, be sure to head over to bkservo.com. Okay, boys, we have a listener
1: question that was sent in to us by Mr. Hmm. Dave Bartley. Oh, Dave. Yeah. Uh, So let's... uh, I think it's been a little while since we've done one of those. But let's go ahead and take a listen to this. Let's uh, bang this one out here real quick, okay? Hey, fellas. It's
3: Dark Side 3 d from California. Just wanted to take a quick second and thank you for doing this question segment. Uh, it's been a help so far. My question is for all of you guys as answers will probably differ one from another. But I wanted to know if you guys personally have a rule or uh, anything in place for when you fly someone else's machines uh, if a crash were to happen. Is it the responsibility of the pilot or would it be the responsibility of the owner to replace any damaged parts? Um, Obviously things play in factor of if it's pilot error or if it's mechanical or anything like that. But uh, I just want to get your opinion on what you guys do personally. If it's a spoke unspoken rule or if it's something that's established before you take control and fly, how does that work? Uh, it, I appreciate it. Thanks. Keep up the good work.
0: Ah, yes. <laughs> the infamous... Conversation.
1: That's right. That
3: awkward
0: moment
2: No that, one wants to have this conversation. It never
1: seems <laughs> to come up until after a problem has occurred.
2: <laughs> yes. Yep. It's too late by that point. <laughs>
1: so wow, who who wants to go first? Because I, I we might actually have very different. We might not. I don't know. We haven't discussed this one.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting to see what we all think. I I'll get some, started.
1: Yeah, okay. Because okay, I have I'll some very opinionated, like concrete. I don't differ on mine.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, I uh, you know, I think, Dave, you pointed out in your question, it definitely depends on the situation. And I, I would I would agree with that. You, you got to be able to know what happened. But generally speaking, for me personally, if I'm flying someone else's model and I dumb thumb that model, then I'm going to pay for it because that was my fault, right? Nothing happened with the model. The, the person who owns the model was just sitting there watching me. He freely allowed me to fly the model, either asked me, do you want to fly this? Or I asked him, can I fly it either way? If I dumb thumb it, I'm paying for it and I'm going to feel really bad about it, too. Um, I, I've I've talked to a couple of people who have done this before and they're like, yeah, it was no big deal. I didn't feel too bad, but I did pay him for it." it's like, whoa, uh, I, I would feel bad either way. So that that's where I'm coming from. If I dumb thumb it, if it's a mechanical failure like i i don't know i mean you know you forgot to put a blade grip bolt in or you know i i can't think what what else could we have guys um
1: oh geez. you got a belt snap you got belt a torque snap, tube gear yeah. strip torque there you go there ESC you go shutdown. exactly gear
0: stripping or um Shutdown's you know shutdown. shutdown right right that sort of a thing yeah then to me, that's a situation where your model was not working or, or configured in tip-top condition. And that was going to happen eventually anyway. Unfortunately, it happened while I was flying it. But I'm not paying you shit for that. That's on you. Boom. Unless <laughs> I'm flying it so aggressively... That one could argue and substantiate the claim that I caused it to fail. You know, like if I'm just out there beating the piss out of it, which, you know, for me will never happen. (laughs) So, so, you know, if, if, if I'm flying and it's not a dumb thumb, you're paying for it. If that's that's what it comes down to, that's
2: Justin's rule. And he's beating the piss out of it. Just ask him to land because he's out of control.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
1: All right, Jesse, what's your take?
2: And mine, mine's pretty similar because I really feel like the, if I dumb thumb it, in my mind, that is you know solely my responsibility. It doesn't matter to me. If you ask me to fly your heli, if you ask me to, hey, do you mind you know, flying this real quick to tune it or maiden it or whatever. If it's me messing up at the sticks, it's pretty hard not to take responsibility for that. So I'm definitely going to fork out the money and pay for any damages from a dumb thumb, whether I asked to fly it or someone else asked me to fly their model. Now, I could differ a little bit with the mechanical failure issue. I, man, this this is kind of a tough one because I would say first off, if you ask me to fly it and there's a mechanical failure, I'm not going to pay anything. You asked, maybe you asked me to fly it to help you diagnose something that you thought was already wrong or, you know, who knows? You asked me to fly your model and I agreed. Now, if I asked you to fly your helicopter and there was a mechanical failure, I I really think it would come down to what the failure was. Um, but I still don't think I would pay any more than 50%. Well, okay,
0: let me give you a scenario on that, Jesse. Uh, we were talking mechanicals, but it could be an electrical. What happens if the model that you're flying, the guy or gal, did not um, shoe goo or double-sided tape or hot glue their servo connectors into their fly barless unit? And you lost a servo. The, the connector came out of the fly
2: barless unit. I'm probably going to help you figure out what went wrong and then say, you shouldn't do that again. (laughs) Right. And, and,
0: and you're going
2: to not pay for anything, right? In that case, I would, I mean, yeah, I would probably not pay for anything. That would be, yeah. In something like that, where it just comes, you know, pops right out. You didn't take the precaution to secure any of your wiring in, um, yeah, in in that situation. I yeah, and honestly, with the with the mechanical failure, that's a really tough one. And I, and it would be really nice to just draw a clear line, and say, "Oh, you asked me to fly your helicopter. I'm not gonna pay you anything, even though I flew it so hard. I I don't know. I you know broke something or boomstruck or I don't who knows."
0: Well yeah see that's a different thing if it's a flying skill induced failure like a boom strike that's a perfect one yeah Mm -hmm. if you boom struck if I boom struck someone's heli I mean the first thing I would say is you know was I really doing something hard enough to justify a boom strike or do we have the wrong blades or head setup or dampers Mm -hmm. but nonetheless if it's if it's a clean, obvious boom strike and it's because I was throwing it around, I'm gonna help out, yeah, I really yep. am because that you know that that is akin to a dumb thumb except it didn't hit the ground well at least initially,
2: yep
1: that's fair done
2: now <laughs> what about you Nick
1: go ahead Jesse i well uh, I was just
2: gonna say i you know I guess I try to typically avoid these types of situations because one I don't ask a lot of people to fly their helicopter and two when I do I don't absolutely beat the crap out of it to the point where I would go okay that was me I clearly flew your helicopter too hard and it either wasn't set up for that you know it was much harder than the owner flies it yeah you know so I I try to typically avoid that type of stuff where those lines maybe don't get as blurred
0: Oh, now, and you know, that's another good point, dude. If a beginner comes to you and his mm-hmm. heli is set up and tuned for beginner flying, yeah, I'm not gonna go and you go and TikToks. try to throw down, yeah. Yep. Then to me, that would be on you. Yep. I think that's a good
1: rule. Um. Okay. So for me, mechanical is pretty cut and dry. Um, if it breaks in the air, now I, I do agree with what you said: a pilot-induced mechanical error, and I, I don't think it runs into this situation that much because most no. of the guys that fly hard enough can know what they can do. Um, I think if a, as someone who is flying someone else's model, it is your responsibility to check the model. I'm not talking check it for every lo- every screw or every everything. But if I can if I'm the type of pilot that I can do a tail slide and boom strike on command, I'm also capable enough to feel ahead and know what the damping feels like and to decide whether that's a good idea or not before I do it. Does that kind of make sense? Oh yeah, so it does. It m- does. My rule is don't fly it any harder than the owner would. Mhm. And any me- any mechanical failure that happens um you know, as long as I'm not exceeding how hard they would fly it, and for the record, I'm usually going to peel it back big time, 40% at least minimum, you know. Um, but if it's mechanical, I mean, that's, dude, it was going to be you. It was going to be me, period. It it kind of, I mean. Yeah, it's that's
0: like, that's that's just, hey, you won the lottery. Yeah, Congratulations. exactly.
1: You just
2: won the lottery. And we've um, had that happen. Or oh, the freaking tail yeah, boom fell yeah, off that, your uh, 700. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like and there wasn't oh,
2: really much damage but it, or any just the no, tail boom. No, but it was but still
1: It should be. If it's mechanical, it was going to fail yeah. on the owner. Period. Yeah, exactly. I mean, on the next flight. So why may and, and generally speaking, it's only friends that are, you know, for the most part, it's usually mm-hmm. only friends that are letting each other fly. So why get into a sticky situation with a friendship when it was going to fail on you the next flight? You know what I mean? You you have to be prepared. A- anytime you hand over your helicopter to someone else, I don't really care if you ask or they ask. You have to be okay with it coming back in a bag. You have to. Or say no. I mean... It's just as much your responsibility to say no as it is to be
2: selective about the pilot. That's right. Fly your helicopter. Well,
0: (laughs) I'll finish that sentence a little bit differently. It's just as much your responsibility to say no as it is to know your model and know its limitations and inform the pilot of that. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: you say, okay, here's... If
0: you've seen, like, if if I saw someone throwing down really hard, and I knew I don't fly that way, my model's not tuned that way, it's running lower head speeds and bigger blades than they're used to, and if I really felt strongly about, you know what, I want this guy to fly my heli, then I I would give him the disclaimer. I'd be like, hey, look, dude, I do smooth 3D, I don't smack you're running 1600 rpm on 750s you need to be careful. Yep. And then if they go up there and they smack it apart, they're, that's on them. Yep, they're paying.
1: Now, um pilot air I see this I'm actually a little more um, a little more non-concrete on the pilot air. And Really? Yeah, I am. And here here's why. I get asked to fly a lot of stuff, right? And and this is going to, ooh, how do I put this? Without offending people, because I really don't want to. I get asked to fly 10 times more things than I would ever ask to fly. Following me so far? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if someone come up, hey, will you fly this? Hey, will you fly this? I have a hard time saying no. Because you know that they're just looking for help, right? Hey, 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 can you, you know, will you fly this to let me know what you think about the tune? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. I, but that doesn't, I want to help, but I don't want to really go out and fly everyone else's helicopter because as we all know, that is taking that responsibility on. You automatically take a like, you take it's it's like reserving a hotel room. When I put your model up into the air, I just now took my credit card and slid it through a machine that has reserved money off of it. It hasn't taken it out yet, but it's reserved. I don't really want to. You know what I mean? So It's
0: a security deposit. It's dude. a
1: security deposit that I it's like you, you're you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you say, no, I don't feel comfortable, you don't want to be a dick. I mean, you want to help people, right? But that's kind of hard to do. So it's, it's like, I don't know. I feel like in that sort of a situation, if you go out there and their models just completely set up like way weird and you dumb thumb it because it doesn't do anything like what you think that it should do, I mean... I'm gonna, yeah, you're right, I'm gonna pay, but I'm gonna be super pissed about
2: paying. I guess one response to that would be, the minute you pick the helicopter up off the ground, you're gonna realize, oh, this doesn't feel like mine, and I'm probably not gonna try (laughs) throwing down with
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, and see, I think that's the key point, Jesse, because we're talking about being responsible, You've got to be responsible enough to know that if you pick that thing up and feel it out and you're not feeling it, you put it back down. Yeah. And I've been in that situation. I mean, I don't I do not fly nearly as many people's helis as as at least you seem to be letting on to Nick. But I've flown a fair share of other people's helis to either help out or because they wanted me to give it a try or whatever. And when you're not comfortable, you bring that shit down. And case in point. Uh, Our good friend Steve, we talked about this after OHB. I picked up his N7 at OHB on Sunday or Saturday or whatever it was and did a couple of quick little things. And I was like, this is coming back down because it is so not. What I am used to flying doesn't mean it's bad, but that wasn't like, that's what he's used to.
1: I know, but that wasn't, he came up to you looking for help. Like, Hey, I don't know what's wrong with this, will you please help me tune it? Because now you're telling me, here's the deal. This is going to fly like shit and this is going to make you feel really uncomfortable, but I really want you to do that. Highly increasing the risk of you potentially dumb thumbing it that gets into it situation where it's like oh man I no, I don't even want to put myself into that situation well, then
0: you be the dick and you say no
1: but I want to help so but you're right I would I would if I crashed it I would pay for it Um, I probably wouldn't feel bad about I'd let them fix it but mm-hmm. I would pay for it or at least you know decide on a flat amount where it's like hey I'm gonna throw this because I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night if I don't give them money but I would be super butthurt about it on the back end, too. Because it's like, you know, I'm going to be paying for parts, I'm going to pay for it on my own helicopter and be dumb thumbing my own. You know what I mean? So that that's the only part of it that kind of gets sticky for me. But, yeah, if you dumb thumb it, you should pay. Mechanical, and you weren't out flying uh, the setup, on the model or the model itself, no way should you pay. I don't care if, if you asked or or they asked or what. In my opinion, I mean, it's your responsibility as the owner of the model to make sure that it's going to stay together. And if you can't, it, that's the other part of it. If if I'm if you walked up and said, "Hey, let me fly your heli," I take responsibility that I am a good enough heli mechanic. That if I hand that over to you, I'm not going to put you in a situation where it could fail in the air either. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't look
0: at. I agree with that. Yep. Completely. That's a good I statement. mean,
1: I am going to make sure if I let you, if you say, hey, do you mind if I t- you know, take a quick you know, burn off a little bit on that or whatever? It's like, you know, I I'm flat out, here's the deal. I've been kind of fighting this weird little problem. I, d- I don't want you to have to be at the sticks when that thing goes in. Because I don't, it's not, it's not quite tuned right. I don't feel comfortable with it yet. Or I'm trying a new setup. I don't feel comfortable with it yet. I'm not worried about you dumb thumbing it. I'm just worried about my model. And if I say, yeah, sure, go ahead, then that's my seal of approval that this thing is solid. It's going to hold up to what I believe you're going to throw at it. And as long as you know you don't exceed that, um, then then we're all good. But that's my, that's my responsibility as the owner of the aircraft to make sure that it's up. Solid. everyone's yeah, responsibility. Agreed. Yeah. So Dave. I,
0: I, I got a, I got a scenario I want to run by you guys and you see what you guys think. Okay. okay. I, th- I think I know what you're going to say, but I think it might be interesting. So you guys are out flying and for whatever reason you decide you need to test out Jesse's. Jesse wants you to test out his heli, Nick. Okay, and so he gives you his model. You go up, you do your thing. You're flying around; everything's great. You don't dumb thumb anything. Uh, And at the end of the flight, you go ahead and you do an auto. And you're you're doing your thing, and the auto's not coming down all that great. Uh, It's not a complete disaster, but you figure I'm gonna go ahead and bail out of this. Well, Jesse doesn't run a bailout, and your models do. And so now you've waited way too long and bled off way too much head speed. You bail out only to find that it slow spools and it hits the ground and gets damaged. You going to pay for that one? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to pay for it.
1: Unless I specifically asked him, hey, do you have bailout set up? Yes, I do. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Okay. Are you cool with me shooting an auto? Yeah, go for it. Okay, great.
2: What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I would. I completely agree with uh, what Nick said, except I wouldn't be like, yes, I have bailout set up. I'd be like, well, maybe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and if he said that, I'd hover it back in and land. Right, right I mean,
0: that, that would be the end of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, that would no, be the it. end of and it. And maybe exactly. to avoid
0: that in, uh, in total, maybe there's an unspoken rule that you just don't auto someone else's model.
1: I really believe that that's almost very, very true. Because, okay, mm-hmm. y- we're going past, we haven't even hit the basics of like, how much pitch are you running in throttle hold? You know, there's some old school-ass people out here that got some weird shit-ass setups, Yeah. Right? And, uh, oh, well, in throttle hold, I run this and this, and I don't run any negative, and it's like, what? You know, we don't know these things. So, yeah, never, 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 unless you're very clear on the communication before you go to do it. Now, I if mean, they I... say, yes, it has this, yes, it has that, and it doesn't, um that's a little more circumstantial, but I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't even, we we did it today. I was out flying the 570 laughing and giggling. I was like, hey, get up here. Take a pull on this. This is cool. I'm having fun. Here, you fly it. He flew it, you know, if he would have went up and did an auto and it wouldn't have been set up and he didn't ask, that would have been his ass.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. But that, I mean, one of the things I always ask when flying someone's heli is, you know, do you land in throttle hold? Do you land in normal? Do you take off? Do, you know, do you just flip right out of throttle hold? And, and when you're in yep. idle up one, how do you, what's your takeoff procedure? What? You know, try That's to get all those details. That's a good point, Jesse. Like, people what to all use normal your idle mode. ups. Head, yeah. head speeds.
0: Like what, what, what idle up should I be flying in? Yep. Yes. You because te- I, I don't mind telling you, the first time or two that I flew Nick's V-Control, uh huh, that thing does not work the same way as other radios in terms of, like, throttle hold and where the switches are. And I'm not saying it's complicated, but if you're not used to it, what? then it gets a little bit of, you know, it takes a little bit of getting used to. Uh, and, I, I mean, I could see someone getting up there and being nervous. They're flying someone else's model. It's a new setup. And they do something stupid and tip it over or, Okay, you know, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: Mine is set up perfectly normal with the only exception that you can't go, there is no normal mode low stick.
0: And I don't like that. It makes me It was very
1: uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable for me at yeah. first. But now it's bad. But the, the throttle hold switch and everything is all in the same spot. The idle right. switch is in the same spot. But I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, I could see people making mistakes like that. Oh. Like, what if someone's not running a linear pitch curve and you toss it over into inverted and they've got, like, minus two degrees of pitch? Mm-hmm. Oops.
1: All very clear, you know. I, I mean, Communication. Carl is a great example because I uh, I always get, you know, he's always wants me to fly his gasser and I love it and I don't mind it. I'm willing to take that responsibility. Um, and but I still go over it every time okay and, and I mean again my responsibility taking the sticks okay where is this where is this what do I got here what do I got there is yep. it governed uh, how much pitch do I have in throttle hold do I have a full pitch curve okay because I need to know that if something goes down even if it's not my fault I'm still going to do my damnedest to save your model oh sure you know, and I want to make oh, sure yeah. that I'm prepared Regardless. for it. Yeah, it's, it's a sticky deal. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, you basically,
2: get- the, the same thing is every time you go fly your heli, you should be prepared to pay for a crash. That's right. I mean, anytime you go out there with your own helicopter, you're potentially you know you're prepared to pay for a crash it should be the same thing when you go fly someone else's helicopter now i you know before we close
0: out on this i will let you guys in on a little this is an unspoken rule and i'm sure you'll appreciate it once i get through it uh this does not this stuff that we're talking about here like this you know it's it's not black or white there's some gray area that doesn't apply in the world of multi-rotors if you the pilot of a multi-rotor, regardless of its ownership. Crash it, then not only are you responsible for paying for it, but you're going to get your ass kicked by whoever actually watched you crash it because you have to be completely stupid to crash a multi-rotor. <laughs> okay?
1: And if you crash a plane, it's never your fault.
0: <laughs> that's yes, there <laughs> that's right. That's right. There you go. There you go. Um uh nice. FPV racers accepted of course because those guys are actually pretty agile, right? Yeah. But but the little let's pop it up into a hover and it takes off and lands on its own. Sorry guys, no sympathy.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is it's it's all gray area. Yeah. You just got to use common sense, but Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks good Dave topic. for for yeah, uh one. asking that. It's you know, we go over it every now and then, but Sometimes um, it's a good little reminder to get those things out of the way and discuss um, before, before you fly. That's the number one rule. Yep. Yes. So what else are we going to talk about? We don't really have anything. We had some stuff, and it kind of fell through. But I feel like I'm kind of feeling like we're – Maybe we're not halfway through the season. Are we not? We are. But it it sure feels like it. And I kind of wanted to take a minute and have all of us think and discuss where are we at now that we're halfway through the season? And are we where we
0: wanted to be? Yeah, that have, I... Yeah, I think that's a reasonable topic to discuss.
1: Have you met your midseason goals? Where are you failing miserably? And where are you exceeding your midseason goals at? And if not, if you're failing, are you going to make an attempt to dig it back out? Or are are you just saying this is not the year for that? It's forsaken
0: and we move on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I want to start with Jesse because you can't agree with all of us. I want to know. what's your what's your your gut say
2: what are you feeling my gut is as far as flying goes in both with the proficiency program and just general i don't know improvement advancement uh, flying i am way behind i have not been getting in i think it's mostly due to the lack basically just not being able to get out and fly enough just put the Fly the helicopter enough. So way behind in the flying category. I would say the only positive spin I could possibly think of for a positive note is I haven't crashed. I'm way ahead on the crash tally. That's <laughs> if, if we yeah. want, you know, that's worth that's worth if, being proud of if dude. we want to spin it into that. note, I still do have a fair. I haven't been logging every single flight, but um, I still have a fair amount of flights in um, this year. It's not like I haven't flown at all. Just not. My normal amount, uh, with all the things going on, life's kind of taken over, and I'm trying to release the grip of the week-to-week tasks of life. So, as I, you know, as we move forward into the summer, I really, really am hoping I'm not writing this season off. I'm not writing the summer off, and I'm not writing progression off. I really, really hope that you know I can kind of get focused back up. I think these last couple of weeks have been a step. Towards that in the right direction with joining the club in Linden. I've typically been getting out one night during the week and then one or two days on the weekend. And Mm -hmm. so trying to get back into that routine and kicking back and having fun at the field. Just I think Nick, you kind of said it really, really well today at the field. Is when it comes down to it, we still fly these things to have fun. So every time you got to the field, forget about everything else. It doesn't matter if maybe you aren't quite as good as you were six months, a year ago, whatever, go out there, have fun. It's still a hobby and you know, it's a way to blow off steam and kind of forget about the rest of life for a little bit. So I really hope in the coming months that I can kind of get focused back up and start progressing again. I'm definitely having fun, so there's no shortage of that. But it'd just be nice to see some of the progression come through again. So uh, along those lines,
0: though, Jesse, what's going to be your main focus? I mean, you mentioned pilot proficiency. I think you mentioned just general getting back to a level of of uh, skills and maneuvers mm-hmm. that you feel like you should be at
2: personally. Yep. What's the focus going to be on? The focus is going to be more so on the 3D and getting back to where I was at. As opposed to the proficiency. As a, yeah, as opposed to the proficiency for okay. me personally
1: nice now uh models wise so we'll talk flying and then we'll talk models uh maybe let's talk models and and we, we can even group like field equipment into mm-hmm. it but are, are you happy there
2: yeah i am super stoked um i feel like you know great decision recently with the v control it's actually made it you know easier more convenient and i've enjoyed my time with the field more because of it um I guess my only complaint would be why didn't I switch sooner? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then as far as the helis go, the only thing I could really see adding, you know, I hear you guys, uh, here, mostly Nick, I guess, talk about having two, you know, two of the same model or two 700 class electric helis. Um, and so if I was gonna go that route and really focus in on the 3D and getting back to where I was at, I could see adding another 700 class, but I think it's probably more realistic to, like we talked about earlier, either the 800 and probably the number one would be the speed heli. Nice. So, sweet, dude. Cool.
1: Let's see. For me, uh, flying, you know, I'm kind of torn on it. I'm clipping along on the proficiency thing. I'm more than halfway through it, uh, which is good. Although I feel like to really achieve the goal – with how high I set them, I should be more than three quarters of the way through it and spend the last half of the year on about two maneuvers (laughs) to be able to get there. Um, my overall flow in flying, I'm a little bummed out about, I like Jesse said, I've, I've just forgotten a lot of stuff. Uh, my flights, I, I forget to do a lot of stuff that I know that I know how to do. Um, And I haven't put any effort really into getting that back. Um, But the other side of that is that my single maneuvers that I have focused on um, have turned out really well. Like I set out with a goal to do Piro TikToks and I have exceeded my expectations for that. Like I'm really, really happy with how those have gone this year. To be able to come into it, you know, 36 years old and say, all right, this year I'm learning Pyro TikToks this year. And to go out there and have them, you know, fairly proficient halfway through the year. I'm very happy with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. You can, you can see it in the rest of my flying that that's all that I've focused on so much. And I've (laughs) lost a lot of my creativity, not so much the flow, but my creativity, um, it's all there. I just kind of need to retap it. So my focus for the last half of the year is I'm just going to keep chipping away on the proficiency stuff like I've been doing. Um, but I'm going to uh, try and I'm not going to try and learn anything else new. And if that screws me on the proficiency thing, then that's OK. Like I'm going to say I'm going to be willing to take a loss there. But I want to spend the last half of this year focusing on taking all of my old stuff. I mean, going way back and getting it all into one flight. Because I know that it's not more than one four-minute flight long. I mean, really, you know, action-packed, kind of nonstop 3D flight. I know that I don't know more stuff than four minutes worth, uh, truthfully. So... Can I try and figure out how to flow it all into there and make it a more entertaining flight, so to say? No repetition whatsoever. Just constant changing and mixing. And, wow, I didn't expect you to do that because I saw you do that the first three flights before, three times in a row. Um, So that's the part that I want to get back. Models-wise, Uh Exceeded expectations. I couldn't be any happier. If I didn't get anything for years, I would be completely content. Um, I I don't have one single model that does not get flown on a regular basis. A Jesse saw it today. I had them all out yep. there and was equally enjoying all of them. Uh, I mean, the 500, the 570, and the 700, I was having a blast on all of them. They all have their own little perks, and I really enjoy them. I've definitely, the V-control thing was a huge one for me. It it really did, you know, I said at the beginning of the year, I wanted to get back to flying and have fun. And I have had, I think I've had the most fun that I could have had with having the limited time at the field. Jesse, like you said. Yep. You know what I mean? You're just I'm just not quite getting the field time this year that I have in the past, but I am a lot more casual. Um, You know, I did have a bad Othello, which really was like, wow, this is getting bad, but I very quickly regained it back. Justin, that day down with you was just back to fun. I mean, that was stupid, silly fun. I was having that kind of fun today, you know, maybe not quite to that level, but I I didn't have any cares today. Yeah. I was just flying to giggle and have fun and fly. And I know that it wasn't as maybe as good as I could do, but I was like completely
2: okay with that. Yeah. One, one thing that I want to add is not only getting out to the field more and kind of getting back in that routine, but flying with other people more. Yeah. Because it really helps to just, you just kind of forget what other you know what other people fly like what maneuvers they do it helps spark new ideas and helps push you a little bit Mm -hmm. so you know we it's been like we've both been flying but it's kind of our paths haven't crossed as many times as i would have liked yeah
1: it's weird how you think now that you're married and got a house and everything we don't live that far away i almost feel like last year we flew together more Mm -hmm. last year than we have this year yep So so I agree because whenever I get together with my friends and fly, I have a blast. Exactly. I mean, especially when it's like not at a fun fly, believe it or not. Yep. I have so much stinking fun. All right, Jay Man, what's up?
0: Uh my year, I I would say in general, I'm pleased with how things are going. Uh I think if I had the same mindset that I did in previous years, I wouldn't be pleased. But to me, this year has been sort of like a, a maturing year or a year where my thinking is sort of evolving. Last year, we focused a lot on flight count. And in hindsight, I think that actually took a lot away from my experience because we were competing over it. And it was like, oh, got to get out and get the flights in. And it was almost robotic. It was like, you just got to do it because you want that count to go up. Uh, I look at my flight count for this year, and if I were still in the same mindset, I would be devastated. But what I'm finding is I'm focusing more on quality of flights. And I would say in the flights that I've gotten this year, 3D and speed combined, I've probably accomplished overall more than I did in all the flights that I did last year. And we're only halfway through the season. So, uh, you know, in that regard, I'm I'm very happy. Um, I think for me on the 3D side, uh, I am definitely behind where I would like to have been on the pilot proficiency program. And as a result, in general, when I fly 3D to have fun, uh, I feel like I'm doing mostly what I usually do. With a new thing thrown in here or there ever so often, and I found that I've gotten bored of my regular routine, which is why lately when I do the 3D thing, kind of like you were mentioning, Nick, I've been focusing on individual maneuvers. The last two times I've gone to the field, when I've flown my 3D helis with the exception of a couple of flights, it has been full packs worth of autos, triple flips. I mean, those are my 3D flights right now. And, you know, I'm a little nervous that that is going to impact my overall flying. But I also committed to myself that I would get a couple of those key moves down. And I'm I am definitely going to pilot proficiency. I'm 23 out of 141. So slow going, not because I can't do more. But honestly, because one of two things, either when I am flying, I can't find someone to spot for me because I'm alone, you know, to check me off, or um, I just don't think about it. So, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it, but Nick, when you and I were flying a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think I marked off like 10 or 15 things Mm -hmm. in a couple of flights, which felt really good. So I do need to get back to that. Uh, and, and I know for a fact, I will not come close to my 141 goal, but I would like to try to focus on nailing some of the, you know, at least the first half of it. You know, I'd, I'd shoot for 70 and feeling confident that I can actually get there and make the moves look clean consistently on speed. Uh, I don't, I don't think I had too many preconceived notions of what, the year was going to be. Other than that, I wanted to compete in the Ultra Speed Cup and do better. I feel like I'm on my path to that. I think I got a long way to go in general, but this year has solidified for me that speed is—it's my thing. Like that—that's my bag. That's what I like to do. Doesn't mean I won't fly 3D, but I have found my home, if you will, and that mm-hmm. feels really good. Um. Equipment, I couldn't be any happier with the equipment right now. Uh, you know, uh, getting with the jetty thing, that was a huge freaking deal. I think similarly profound as your V control for both of you guys. Mm-hmm. That's also a, a piece of equipment that, like speed, I feel like that was meant for me. That's like a Justin thing. Uh, you know, power systems and servos and fly systems haven't. Haven't changed. Um, I've been flying the same stuff there for a couple of years, so uh, I, I still like where I'm at there. On helis, I've bounced back and forth a lot. I, I like the 380, and it is going to stay permanently. That's, that's a, a definite fact. Um, I also like the 770, but this year I got rid of a 700 class 3D heli, and I'm still considering whether that makes sense. Um now saying that I I like the way that the 770 flies still and I can't think of what the 700 would give me that I can't get out of the 770 but it's more of a it's more of a curiosity thing That's fair <laughs> Uh I I don't really think there are any other helis that I would want seriously Well except for the TDR2 TDR2 I'm on the list not gonna happen this year though
1: awesome nice well cheers to the midpoint and let's hammer through I'm not yep. giving up no I got way. goals I got goals well we better blow this pop stand let's uh oh you know I did want to make a mention before we get out of here uh do not forget that you can register. For our Fun Fly, you can pre-register on RC Flight Deck. You can get the whole links off of that, off our forum. We will have it. <laughs> we're gonna have. We'll have it posted up in Helifreak. <laughs> That's so weird to say that. Um, and also, don't forget that pre-registering for that gets you entered to win a Spartan VX1E. So thanks again, uh, Bird over at BK Designs for helping us with that and guys get pre-registered get entered to win incredible odds uh on that like anything we've got the store we are stocked up on stuff um hats shirts hoodies the whole deal Uh, so get in there tech tips we're still adding up tech tips that's growing And if you have events for the whole last half of the year, please email those to Ken. He'll get them put up on the calendar, and they will all automatically update on your phone if you set it up that way. Justin, what's going on with our Funfly besides the pre-registration?
0: Besides the pre-registration, like we've been mentioning, September 17th through the 20th, um... Also, in terms of pre-registration, go and get signed up for Sean's 3D Trials. It's going to be held on Friday at our FunFly. There's still a few slots left. Uh, That's going to be a really awesome event. And if you're not into that level of competition, then certainly start thinking through which competitions at our FunFly you'd like to do. We're going to do the bottle knock and the 60-second hover. We're going to do some auto competitions. We're going to have our own uh, RCHN Speed Cup. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't have pre-registration options up there for that. The thought had crossed my mind that it could be useful to have you guys actually register for those competitions on RC Flight Deck so that we've got a list of people printed. Um uh, haven't done it yet still not sure whether that makes sense but if you're interested or you've got questions shoot us a line we'll get you hooked up um what else construction light flying at night and the night fly competition oh yeah yes. show up ready to fly at night because we're going to do it again and it's going to be awesome
1: yeah. Right. cool man well Let's blow this pop stand. Dan, we wish you the best of luck at Dieters. Dieters, wish you great luck with your fun fly. Sorry we couldn't make it. Uh, We love you, bud, and uh, hope you guys have fun this weekend. Get out and enjoy. All right, let's do some emails. Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you.
0: You could get me at Justin at RCHellynation.com or Justin Pucci on Facebook or the forums, including Heli Freak.
1: <laughs> awesome. Jesse.
2: Uh, you can send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com. Catch me on Facebook or on the forums.
1: Awesome. You can get in touch with me at nick at rchellynation.com or on my Facebook page or I am NWM Tech on the forums. Uh, if you had. Questions for citizen registration or the store stuff? That is all Ken or events. Uh, and again, Ken, thank you for all your hard work. That's Ken at com. And if you wanted to get in touch with Dan, please send Dan an email at dan at com. Dan K. Reed on Heli Freak. Oh my gosh. I never thought I'd heard myself say that again.
0: The dank Reed is bad.
1: The dank Reed dank is Reed. bad. Hey, <laughs> I got an idea. Everyone, I think we should just spam the shit oh, out of the inbox. Fill his let's inbox do it. Up with PMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll exactly. be like,
4: what?
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, who would like to send us out? I, I want to give someone the honor, but I don't care. You guys
2: pick. Jesse, matter. you want to do it? Do it. All right. Me? No, I'll do it. Okay, go. All right, guys. This has been episode one hundred and ninety-two. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this show as much as we've enjoyed making it. We will talk to you next week.
0: Time to get my freaky, freaky, freaking freaky, brick on. Later, guys. Yeah, you got shit on that.
3: This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, RevElectrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email.